and welcome to another edition of the Hooligan Report. Uh, we're back after just a short break, just been a couple of days since the last edition, but today I'm joined by Cookson. Hello. Uh, by Boyan. Hi guys. And by Friar Tuck. Coming from you from the second best place in the Premier League. Well, I was about to ask, I'm very concerned for um, all three of you. You must all have nosebleeds, uh, how high you all are up the table. <laughs> um, it's a um, bit of a change to get successful sides on. I mean, I've had Cruyff and Wilston Raider on, on Saturday, and, you know, those sides can't muster a win between them, really. Well, Arsenal have now, but a bit of a struggle for them. Mm. The London clubs they don't they don't they don't know how to play. They, you should look they should look up north. I'd say we've, we've well Leicester especially got a lot of attacking football, so maybe they can learn a thing or two. Well, I mean, you certainly showed the way to beat West Ham. Oh, certainly. You don't. It's not well. Our possession stats said thirty percent. It's not how much you get; it's what you do with it. And uh, well, we rightly punished them with it. So, what more can I say? Um. Obviously, both sides undefeated with two wins apiece, but um, Boyan and Cookson, how have you found the style of United's wins? Is it early enough in the season that the style doesn't really matter, or are you a bit concerned that you're not a bit more free-flowing? It's, we're just grinding out results. It's not really important. It's just get points on the board early, then you build the style up in around October, November, and United have been traditionally slow starters, so... Again, six points is pretty good. Exactly right. Fergie used to always talk about all you need to do is be close by Christmas. doesn't really matter at this stage of the season how you get the results. So it's all done okay so far. Um, what do you say to, I think it was Jod on the board who was having a bit of a crack at Memphis about not having enough skill to, to curl that ball into the bottom corner? Um, have you found Memphis's start to the season? Well, it's better. He played a lot better this game. Like, he showed glimpses of what he did in the Eredivisie last season. He's much better on the left than he is in the middle. But, again, he's probably going to start slow, but by the end, he will see his quality, and he'll probably be the young player of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, he's he's doing quite well, considering it's only his second game in the lead. Um, I've noticed that defenders are trying to rough him up a lot, and they're already double-teaming him. So, especially against Aston Villa, you saw the midfielder and defender double-teaming him, and he's done quite well so far. He's He does he's seem got, to... He, he seems to remind me a lot of Hazard in just his style of play, and, and so, of course, Hazard gets double-teamed a lot and fouled a lot, uh, and uh, Memphis seems to be going the same way. Yeah, there's a few things I guess he needs to learn. He's not given as much time in the Premier League around the edge of the box. He's still got a lot of his goals in the Eredivisie, just knocking him into the far in the top corner from the edge of the box, but they're not really giving him as much time so far. So, I mean, it's all about it. I guess a learning process from here, but, you know, he's very confident, very good with the ball at his feet. He's um, given the ball away a little bit too much now, but I think he'll do it extremely well. Okay, um, and enough with the third-placed minnows now. I'll go on to Friar Tuck to chat about <laughs> the high-flying uh, foxes in second place. Um, how have you found your new signing, especially Okazaki, who, who scored his first goal for the club against West Ham, uh, and, and the style of play that you're exhibiting under Ranieri? Well, Jack's had his initial doubts about Okazaki. He wasn't really convinced. He wasn't really convincing during the Asia Cup. 
the style is actually playing is quite different from from the uh, the Target Man role he was playing at uh, Mains, I think it was. He's uh, he's basically a second body, just harassing defenders, getting their fa- getting in their faces, and just applying that press that pressure that uh, Lester is well known for. So he's actually he's he's actually formed a good relationship with uh, Vardy so far, and uh, and it's and, well it's been paying off. So it's been paying off, and uh, the chance well we're giving them we're giving the defenders no rest, and uh, we're just hard at it. Do you do you see Leicester um, sustaining this sort of form? Um, for much longer. I mean, it's. I guess it's got to end at some point. But uh, with Spurs next, that's probably your biggest test since you played Chelsea, which was your last loss. That that would be correct. Yes. Uh, to be honest, Spurs Spurs was the side that I felt we really should have gotten a few points out of. They they weren't very convincing for me. They just narrowly narrowly got over the line in both cases. Uh, silly a silly free kick, silly wall error for the first one and the second one. Well, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. I think a bit of a dodgy penalty with the Harry Kane one, but now this this one is going to be a very interesting test. I mean, with um, uh, who was it? <laughs> Sorry, um, with Sunderland, it was about how we cope with the relegation battle. With West Ham, it's more about that mid, that mid, uh, that mid mid table side. How we will cope against the high sides. With Sunderland at home, Sunderland. Sorry, with Tottenham at home, it's going to be it's going to be a good challenge because they haven't exactly looked looked very sharp. I mean, the Algerian Ventilabs looked horribly out of form. Lamelas not doing doing much, and Harry Kane's a bit a bit out of fitness. He's done all right for them, but he hasn't looked himself. Uh, and one final question, just on on the player of the moment uh, in Mares. Uh, is it is it basically a sort of a purple patch for him, or is this sort of what we can expect to see from him over the course of the season? I think this is something that you can expect to see from him over the course of the season. In all honesty, this is well, this is sort of this this is the sort of the stuff that he's uh, very capable very capable of. We, he was a bit restrict a bit quiet and restricted when during our rough patch, but. Ranieri's given him a bit of freedom just to run that attack in midfield and on the right and on the flanks. So you can expect a lot of attacking force from him. However, my big concern about him is he does leave his flank open, which means Delat's a little exposed and we give opposition teams a chance to go through there. So a little bit of a concern, but we'll, we'll find out against Tottenham. <laughs> Um, so we'll jump into the reviews of the games now, boys. And um, I guess I'll ask... <clears throat> Between the three of you, uh, who are your three biggest winners and losers of the weekend? So maybe a, a winner from each of you and then a loser from each of you. Uh, and I guess we'll start with Cookson. My winner is Mr. Morgan Schneiderlin. Oh, from a team perspective, but okay, if you want to go for a, <laughs> you want to go for a player perspective, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Well, it's just he comes in, like, the quality's been apparent. I mean, he's just shielding the back four, doing a wonderful job at it. And he's just probably will be our best signing this season, along with Damayan. So yeah, it's been pretty good for him. And just to think he could have went to Tottenham last year, but thank God he didn't because he's a wonderful Frenchie and we all love him. He seemed to be linked to a lot of the top sides for quite a while. And, and it was um, sort of expected, I guess, when he finally did make the move to United. But uh, I mean, Arsenal and Spurs are both sort of chasing him whether it was paper talk or not I'm not so sure with with Arsenal but 
Uh, it certainly would have made sense for them to go after him because he's sort of that sort of style of player that they need. Yeah, and probably Arsene just let the ball drop there. I mean, again, so did a lot of the media. I mean, well, the, when he got announced, it was announced on Twitter beforehand after five minutes he arrived after Bastian Schweinsteiger. The media just ignored him, but randoms on Twitter were like, oh, Schneiderlin signing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a pretty wonderful signing for us and my winner of the week. Fair enough. Um, Bojan? Well, the biggest winner of the week is probably Jose Mourinho. Because <laughs> he's finally going to be allowed to spend some money, I think. Yeah. Well, he's, he's also managed to his... deflect from the Eva scandal well, by cunningly losing. <laughs> and he's done this before. I remember him doing this at Real Madrid. He put Benzema on the bench for a while. He did this previously when he was at Chelsea. He'll just, you know, put some of his star players on the bench and then turn around at Abramovich and say, come on, mate, I need some more. I need some yeah. more. So I dare say the checkbook will come open. I don't think Baba Rahman's going to solve any of their issues, not in the short term anyway, although Ivanovic is well and truly cooked. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the obvious the obvious change that that signing is going to make is that um, Ivanovic probably drops out of the side. But, I mean, that wasn't really the bulk of their issues, or well, it was some of it, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's evidence supporters would be pretty worried now, wouldn't they, about John Stones? Uh, well, the problem, it's just so late in the window. It's just so late, and if they get, say, 34, maybe more million pounds, you know, they don't have, Martinez is definitely going to need to sign a replacement for that position, and every other club's just going to be rubbing their hands together. Thanks for coming. Yep, we'll have this, you know, average central defender we've got. We're just going to ask for £15 million and they're just going to have to pay it. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's the trouble, isn't it? And it's interesting, like you're talking about your biggest winners from the weekend. My biggest loser is probably Southampton for two reasons. Oh, absolutely. Tricky is absolutely right regarding Morden Schneiderlin. That's been the biggest change or the most notable change in the two sides, United and Southampton. Him leaving, they're just leaking goals left, right, and centre. And Jordi Classy against uh, Vitesse in the Europa League tweaks his hamstring, so he's he's left out of the next game. Goes and plays under 21s, pulls his hamstring, oh, so yeah. he's out for longer. And they are desperate for a competitive central midfielder. So I dare say they might have another few tough weeks ahead. Well, I mean, Friar Tuck pre-season, you were. Very negative on Everton, um, to the point that we had Wilson Raiders suspecting that you were an Everton supporter, um, <laughs> and they've really sort of, we've sort of take been uh, spurred on by your criticism. It seems with the with the win over Southampton. So I guess yeah. Well, what were your thoughts on the on the three 0 win? I think it's a very good bounce back from them. In all honesty, <laughs> they a draw a draw against a draw against uh, Watford. Watford. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, with the new t- with the new promotion at Team Energy, but exactly the sort of answers they needed. Because if you look at their fixture, they've got all of the top eights, and well, and also the promotion team, West Brom being the one exception. But that's a really tough opening. That's a really tough opening ten, and uh, well, they've done well, they've done, they've done the business here and gotten the win. Now the next step is to try build from that, and uh, we'll, see, we'll we'll see how we go with that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a question of whether Everton were really that good or Southampton were just that woeful. And 
the amount of times that Everton just cut their defence open, and, and Bojan's absolutely right that they just looked so exposed without that, that cover from midfield that Schneiderlin normally gives them. But um, the defence was just all at sea. I mean, it was really kind of not like the Southampton we've come to expect. Yeah, I mean, Dukaku pretty much tore him a new arsehole, pretty much. He had a wonderful game. So, yeah, and it's just... It's good to see him back to form, I guess, because he's, yeah. he's been struggling for a while. Yeah, but Southampton look a bit concerning. But they probably won't get relegated or anything like that, but they may need to do a bit more signings before the end of the window. I mean, especially with Europa, it's, it's you know, the, the bulk of their issues might not have started in um, the sense of fixture congestion, injuries to players. I mean, they've seen it with Classy already, but uh, it might get worse before it gets better for them. Yeah, they probably just need to pick up maybe one extra, probably one or two extra midfielders, maybe an additional centre-back just to help reinforce the back four. I was very surprised that they went for Corker on loan um, when James Chester was available and went to West Brom, who incidentally ends up sitting on the bench for West Brom this week after being played out of position last week. Um, for £8 million, yeah, that's a lot for a club like West Brom, but Southampton are, are relatively flush with cash at the moment, and um, you know, some, someone of that sort of, of quality is sort of almost the quintessential Southampton signing in his... his relatively young, he's British, so he's experienced in the leagues, um, and he's not a huge gamble in terms of what his output will be. Maybe he's a bit overpriced, so that might be why they steered clear, but um, it was it was an interesting one to choose Corker over Chester, because they had, they had been linked to him a bit um, in, the, in the lead up to his move to West Brom. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree, I think Southampton definitely need a, a new centre-back. Um, what about what about losers for the weekend? We've already sort of touched on Southampton, but uh, who are the other big ones? I'd say Watford. Watford not managing to get the win. Not just because that they had so many they had so many opportunities there, and and against uh, oh, sorry um, against West Brom. Yeah, against West Brom. West Brom West Brom didn't look too good. Watford had all of their chances, didn't take a single one, and. You're not going to get you're not going to get many easier games at home against uh, West Brom, and for a promoted side, they really needed to get the win there. So that that was a big blow to their hope, to their well survival chances. I feel. Oh really? Already kind of um, drawing a line <laughs> under them. Uh, trust Go me, on. it's a it's a confident it's a confidence. Yeah, you want yeah. to get points on the board, and if you're not going to get it against West Brom at home, then yeah. well, you're not looking too good at the moment. Um, I'll last. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. I was going to say it's a lot. It's a lot like um, another big loser from the weekend in Sunderland. <clears throat> when you're starting the season against, uh, with no disrespect, starting the season against Leicester and uh, Norwich, you'd be sort of penciling in four points minimum, or you'd be expecting four points minimum as a supporter of Sunderland from those sorts of fixtures, um, and to be sitting on zero points at the moment, at you know, pretty much holding up the bottom of the table, uh, it's would be quite a concerning start for them, I think. Concerning start, We'll probably did a fairly big payout in the next few weeks, big dick. Yeah, well, I mean, you'd think they've learnt their lesson by now, but it just seems as if they have um, a boom-bust cycle <laughs> in, in a similar way to <laughs> another club that we know. Um <laughs> They just sack manager. Yeah. 
they just sack manager after manager and they never really seem to improve. Um, they get the honeymoon period that sort of keeps them in the Premier League and then it all happens again. Yep. Well, my biggest loser, probably, I'm going to lean towards Wayne Rooney. Oh, yeah? He had the touch of... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just could have gone in a different direction there. I'm glad you went with Butcher. <laughs> nah, it's shocking. I mean, nothing really came off of him. He kept on, he kept on dropping too deep, trying to get involved instead of just staying up there, being a striker. He's just he's trying too hard. He's not relaxing and being a natural and letting the flow naturally. He's just again trying far too hard. And I guess the concerning thing for um, United fans is that he's really your only out-and-out striker at the moment. So if he's not performing, um, there's a little bit of a concern about where the goals will come from. Yeah, which means we might need to go out and get ourselves another striker, who I'm not sure. There probably has to be some random duchy that Louis van Gaal will like. Well, yeah, <laughs> you've got your ear to all the uh, transfer rumours. Anyone, anyone even talked about coming in? Oh... Well, I mean, I hope they, I hope they give our man James Wilson a chance. But um, I, the talk today is from Thomas Muller's best friends, who says, "I don't like Pep Guardiola. I want to get out of here. United are going to double or maybe even treble my wages. My best mate Basti's enjoying it over there. Why not? If that happens, like that would be too gooey." <laughs> oh, so much too. Too much so much Aren't you perennially... Peren- oh my God, I can't get the word out. You've been linked to him constantly. Thank you. You've been linked to him constantly. Uh, so it'd be interesting if that one came off. But um, what about, you know, a casual bid for Ronaldo or Bale again? You know, if we're going to dip into the old transfer rumours? Uh, uh, no. Those players, those players won't come. And you can see... Like um, the way Van Hal talked about Janice after the game, on, uh, just on, he was like, "Yeah, he stored the goal, had a good game, but gave the ball away too much, freestyled too much. He's he wants system players. He doesn't want these freelancing players, Van Hal. So you probably, if he's trying to go for a new striker, it's going to be an out and out striker, who's basically a poacher, a finisher. It's not going to be." A Ronaldo is going to get the ball and drift and run at players and take them on. It's not going to be that kind of player. So, I mean, it, who knows? Lewandowski, same club. But that's the, that's the kind of makeup of a striker that Van Hal will be after, I'm sure. Um, and did you give us a biggest loser for the weekend, Bojan? Uh, well, my biggest loser was Southampton. But yeah. um, while I'm here, I've got a little bit of do to spread with regard to uh, Damien. Oh, He's yes. probably already the best right back in the comp. <laughs> agreed, everyone. agreed. I'm laughing, but no, I do probably agree. I mean, he was very, very impressive in his first two outings. He, he's great, and he just... he Not only is he excellent one-on-one, but he just... Chris Smalling looks so much more comfortable with him beside him rather than Valencia. So yeah. much so much better. It's improved him as a player so much. Uh, Schneiderlin, fantastic, and Basti, the football drop. He comes on after 60 minutes of the game. United start to turn the ball over a bit, and he just grabs, grabs the game by the scruff of the neck and just controls it and sees it out. He'll be a huge player for us this year. He's being eased into it, um, but I dare say he'll be starting against Club Rouge next week. Yeah. 
We all love Basti. Oh, definitely not. Just on Damien, he might want to be um, a little bit careful about his marking at, at corners. He seemed to be a bit over-enthusiastic when giving Micah Richards a bit of a hug. I prefer um, the term Italian style. <laughs> he, is an, he is a stallion, isn't he? So he's um, a bit physical. Uh, Paolo Maldini and Alessandro Nesta used to do that every week. Don't be a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the banter between them, though. They seemed to, at every corner, there seemed to be a little bit going on between them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, In their head. But we'll move on to a couple of North London clubs that, that um, had a bit of a struggle over the weekend. Arsenal got over the line against Crystal Palace, um, courtesy of a, an own goal in the end. Um, how did we see that one? I mean, it was probably just about the way that most people would expect it to have gone. Um, and Palace certainly put up a pretty decent fight against Arsenal. I'm pretty much going to say this. No Sanchez, no Arsenal. <laughs> Seems the way it is at the moment, isn't it? Is that the I first mean, time Giroud's opened the storing in an Arsenal game and he hasn't just waited till they're 2 or 3 nil up <laughs> and in a couple of cheapies? <laughs> See, um, I, I, can, I can say all this stuff because Croce... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get all the, all the barbs in at the moment. <laughs> but, yeah, again, it's just... Giroud managed to get the opener, which was surprising, but... Again, their strikers at Arsenal were a bit shit. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, <laughs> I'm in Giroud's average. Welbeck is very good at movement, but he can't put the ball in the back of the net. They have, what else? Walcott, Cam- I suppose, is being considered one at the moment. They have Joel Campbell, who never plays. Tuba Alkbom, who's banging them in, but he's not at the club at the moment. Yeah. Banging them in. <laughs> banging them in, mate. <laughs> We've got Yaya Sinogo, who Frank DeBoer says has no quality. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like a complete donkey last year when we played him. And they don't have... Their defensive midfielders, it pretty much is a 32-year-old Mikhail Arteta. So it's a bit concerning for Arsenal so far. And Coughlin always looks like he's about to get a red card these days. I mean, arguably should have had a red card against Palace and was very lucky that he managed to escape through um, a substitution rather than an an early um, early send send off to the change rooms. Um, yeah. Very lucky to escape a second yellow right on half time, pretty much. Have you guys heard the latest on that on Totland? Uh No. So, so supposedly the ref told. Um, oh yes. The Arsenal captain that one more foul and he's off. Yeah, so he's that. run over to tell Vendor and Vendor's pulled him. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was, someone mentioned that on the board and basically yeah. laid into the ref, um, and I, I pretty much agree, I mean, you can't really you can't really tip off the captain like that just to say, you know, oh, yank him off now or I'll send him off. Yeah, you correct. Um, so it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, on, on red cards, Firetuck, what did you make of Adrian's red card? I, I think I think that was a just red card. I know many many West Ham fans thought, oh he was oh he was looking at the ball, he couldn't see him. I'm sorry that doesn't cut it. He should have greater awareness than that. If you're gonna put studs if you're gonna put studs on the stomach, you're gonna go off. The interest the interesting thing I found was that um Vardy had done a relatively similar action to him in the first half, but I thought Vardy's didn't even deserve a yellow, because um, he barely got him. And I almost got the sense that Adrian was trying to square up on him because he seemed so incensed by it in the first half. Um, it was almost a deliberate action to sort of square one up. And 
Yeah, I agree. I think he he rightly got sent off. Yeah, um, it, it, Adrian just threw himself hard. He barely made any contact. He yeah. was got the ball. Adrian just wasn't too much. He was going forward for it. Then he sees Vardy charging. He's like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? And then, well, I, th- I think more should have come out of that, but... I mean, they've brought they've brought in the system now where they should be um, suspending players retrospectively for for feigning injury to to get a yellow card for the opponent. Um, and looking at the replays, yeah, he barely touched him. Yeah, I think it was about a good three minutes, just three minutes on the ground. Magic yeah. spray comes on, and oh, he's all good again. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, moving on to the other North London club who who choked a two-goal lead against Stoke, and I've got to say, it's great to see them getting a taste of their own medicine after so <laughs> ma- so many late goals in Stoke's favour, uh, Spurs' favour last year. It's good to see them finally conceding a couple in the last ten minutes of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Spurs. Karma. <laughs> um, what we we touched on it earlier, but what do we make of um, Kane's start to the season? I mean. Fair enough, he's started against United and Stoke, but um, he hasn't looked too convincing off the ball. Even he, he sort of he, he had the assist for the assist for Spurs' second goal with a nice chip over the top for was it Bentaleb, I think. No, um, uh, uh, was it Ben? No, I don't think it was Bentaleb. He's been absolutely shocking. Uh, <laughs> was it Zion or Chadley? Uh, let's see. Was uh, it was. Uh, Davies actually. Davies. Oh, is that the first game? Is it or no? They didn't even score in the first game. No. So, sorry, I'm getting oh. confused. Um, it's Davies or Ericsson? I'm not sure which one it was. But I think it was Ericsson. But again, yeah, Ericsson. Yeah. Kane's yet to find his way outside of Chris Smalling's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know that's pretty much true. As again, Smalling is now the best defender in the league. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, Kane has Kane has had a shortened uh, preseason, so he's not quite up to full fitness at this point in time. And yet, despite that, I think he's been one of their better players, in all honesty. And uh, I think that might, that's consi- well, that's good and bad. Well, good and bad. Uh, good that he's still contributing, even if he's a little out of it. And bad if, uh, and bad if, if that's if he's their best. If he's one of their best, and what does that say about the rest of the team? So. I think he's, he'll find his feet soon enough. Well, not next week, but the week after that, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He someone to create something for him. Against United, no one created anything for him. He had one half chance he created himself that Smallings dominated him on. But, um, yeah, like he needs someone to have actually given the ball in a dangerous position. He can't do it all himself. Yeah, and then pretty much Ericsson, he was probably the, the best player, in my opinion. Like yeah. when I watched it, I mean, Loris was decent. But again, just the thing with Tottenham, they just don't look that good. And Stoke. They Very impressive get, from Stoke. Yeah, they turned themselves into an actual football team. <laughs> I think they I think they took advantage of uh, Tottenham's subs. Both uh, both um, both Lamela and uh, Bentaleb were pretty, pretty, pretty shocking in all honesty. And I noticed, especially for Stokes' equaliser, Spurs were sitting very deep. Yeah, probably defending at home with, again, not the smartest thing. I mean, they should, really, Spurs should have been getting out there trying to get that third goal or trying to control the game. But 
they probably lack a Schweinsteiger like us. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the other midnight kickoff um, that we haven't touched on, Swansea managed to beat Newcastle 2 0. And IU and Gomez both have 2 and 2 for them. So, um, very good start for the new signing in IU. Uh, and Swansea, Swansea starting the season pretty well. He's a good player, that are you? He's a very good player. He turned down, I guess, more well-known, established clubs for more money at Swansea. Um, but he's a very, very good player. Yep, they're building a very impressive squad at Swansea. Mm. Yeah, they've had pretty much. They've been very consistent, Swansea, in the Premier League. I mean from uh, Brendan Rodgers, and they've pretty much changed that team entirely with Laudrup and now Monk. But again, they just look very solid. They play good football. I mean, you probably expect them to finish way, well, at least top 10, maybe pushing top 7. But again, it's they're, they're good to watch. In compared yeah, to very Newcastle, attractive. Yeah, compared to Newcastle, who they switch on and off, like, Last week they looked a million bucks. This week, not so much. So they're probably going to be wildly inconsistent team, I would say. And I suppose that's perhaps a warning sign for Everton um, that the common theme between Everton and Newcastle was that they both looked pretty impressive against Southampton, um, which kind of reinforces the point that perhaps it's Southampton playing poorly if uh, Newcastle come out the following week and, and dish up a pretty poor performance. Do you yeah. think Swansea could beat Inter, Essence? <laughs> um, oh, I think most teams could beat Inter. Well, they've they've sold <laughs> they've sold half their decent players, haven't they? I mean, I'm waiting for the Stoke in the the SM the SM Cup between Stoke and Inter will be will be a quality match. <laughs> on FIFA. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know it. Um, and of course, the big one. I mean, we've touched on it briefly, but probably deserves a bit more discussion. Was was City's three win three nil win over Chelsea, which was mightily impressive when I mean everyone expected Chelsea to go there and park the bus and I guess they did to they tried to to an extent but City were just too determined and and a man by the name of Aguero just wouldn't say no just wouldn't let up stick a fork in Terry he's done (laughs) pretty much their back four is I think it was the first time in about 170 games he's been sunk yeah I think it's the first time Mourinho's ever benched Terry actually yeah in Premier League at least yeah but the thing is with Terry, he's now reached that stage where he's, he's what, 34, 35? He's at that Rio Ferdinand age where he's pretty yeah. much you can't, at the end. You need to drop deep and pretty much sacrifice a lot of things to carry a defender like Terry right now. But Chelsea... I mean, Chelsea have decent quality, but when you really think about it, I mean, let's have a look at their team. They have not so great depth. And most of their young players won't get a chance. And Jose Mourinho, yeah, Jose appears to be melting down. Like, <laughs> it's his first really season to lose. I mean, they still have Ramirez and John Obi Mickle in their side. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I tell have... you, I tell you what. When you've got Pellegrini trolling you, um, you know you're losing it. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys because it's it's a topic that sort of. Uh, spans into AFL as well a little bit on the topic of um, Pellegrini's comments about once you're one goal up, whether you sit back and kill off the game or you you know you owe it to the fans to keep trying to score. Um, and a little bit off topic, but there's obviously been some discussion in AFL about you know what to do to change the rules to allow more scoring. 
So I wanted to pose the question to you guys as, as a sort of a general comment, but do you believe that managers and, and coaches have that sort of duty to the fans? No one likes Paul Rose, SM. I know you're a Swans fan to your premiership. But no oh, one geez. likes him and his brand of football can piss right off. I wasn't even thinking of that angle, but there you go. I also, I also would like to express my disgust at Ross Lyon. <laughs> Boring class. Don't forget him, yeah. <laughs> and, and and Jose and Pulis and, and all those ones, yeah. Jose can be entertaining. He just chooses not to. That's my opinion. And I think ultimately... Joe, as I said last year, Jose doesn't give a shit. I mean, he got kicked out of Madrid, which really burnt him. He got denied his dream job of following on from Fergie at United. So he's just going to sit there and just give absolutely no care about anything. So with that comment that he, he can play attractive football but chooses not to, do you think um, with the way that Chelsea have started this season and the threat that City are posing them, that Mourinho might have to open up a little bit more and, and go a bit more attacking to to try and compete with City? He should. He could try, but he probably won't because Costa's hamstrings are pretty much made out of matches or substance that's very weak. <laughs> William has no attacking quality whatsoever. He doesn't play Oscar for some reason. Well, Oscar's injured at the moment. Yeah. So he like really Rado? doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't trust Oscar that much. I it's mean, interesting because he, he forced yeah. Matter out of the team because he wanted to build it around Oscar, and now he seems to be almost mistrust, uh, distrusting Oscar as well. Um, Friar Tuck, what are, what are your views on, on Chelsea's title defence, I guess? Well, I did, I did point out a bit earlier in the forums that, uh, well, Man City's got a five-point gap against Chelsea, and, uh, I mean, it's game, two of the, it's game two of the season, but, as I said, the little, the little seeds of doubt are being planted. Chelsea are a little bit more under pressure, so... They seem to be a bit vulnerable at that point in time, and uh, if they don't start getting some results soon, they, I don't like where they're going. I mean, you look at the team; they haven't really done that much to improve it at all. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a good team last season, but well, as I say, if you're not making if you're not making any steps forwards, you got if you're standing still, you're going backwards, and uh, well, that's exactly what it looks like here. City have done, City have done pretty well. And, well, United's done pretty well. I mean, you've got you've got these two going oh, well, over. Let's not let's not make their heads too much bigger. <laughs> I try not to go there, but uh, <laughs> uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea look no good, and uh, they're only going to feel more pressure if this if this continues. Jose hasn't done himself any any favors. All the attention is on them, and uh, well, we'll see how they go next week. And if they don't get a good result next week, well. Everyone's going to be feasting on them. That's all I can say. And and just one last question for I talk before we move, move on. But um, how's Leicester's title challenge uh, shaping up? <laughs> how, how, how 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 how's it looking down at um how, down at Leicester? Are they they uh, fully behind the title charge. Well, Ranieri has made well Ranieri has well Ranieri has made a statement. You've got we've got Old Brighton, Mares, Marty, Okazaki, and we've got players that can replace them. You know what these guys are going to do. What the heck are you going to do to stop them? That yeah, seems well, to be the open challenge from him. And uh, hey, it's worked for us for eleven games. And uh, why change something? Why change? Why change that plan? But, um, uh, <laughs> out of interest, when do, when do you guys shape up against United? I'm looking forward to a rematch of the. Um... 
It's, we face off between them twice, sometime between August <laughs> and May. I believe it's the end of November, that match, and it will be at the King Power Stadium. I oh, believe excellent. it's our only TV game, so... Uh, excellent. <laughs> there we are, yeah, 28th of, 28th of November. Pencil it into the diaries. Uh, it'll be the top of the, title, the top of the table clash. I'd like to ask Fry a tougher question. He was quite critical of Chelsea. Uh, do you think they have enough in the squad to stay up this year? They're out of the they're out of the relegation zone on goal difference, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but if I may, but there's a to be honest, there's there's a lot of dosh at the bottom. I mean, it's good. There's, you've got a nice, solid mid-table, and then you've got some absolute dosh at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, I mean, we've got Arsenal and Spurs and Chelsea. <laughs> 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 the, so, the, soon, the sooner they're out of the league, the better, really. Replace them with Hull back on the, on the way back up. Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool can join them as well. Yeah, oh, well, yeah when, Bournemouth, when Bournemouth knock them off. Uh, we might we might, <laughs> we might use that as a smooth segue into just a, a quick roundup of the the championship news. Um, and Gus Poyet would be kind of at the the poster on the board, not the ex manager. Will be um, <laughs> a bit worried that they're sitting atop of the ladder because I mean with the table, because I mean he he won't want to be promoted surely to the Premier League. Oh, a bit of a plastic plastic <laughs> effect on um, Brighton, but yeah they they're the only. They're the only team to start the season with two wins so far. They, um, I think they beat Forest in their first game, and they've beaten yeah. Fulham. I believe, no, sorry, that was MK. Jesus. Yeah, so MK Johns uh, dropped their second game, so they're back to mid-table. But um, top six top six are probably looking already like the sort of sides that you'd expect to be challenging for promotion. I mean, we've got Middlesbrough in second, Brentford in third, Charlton fourth. Hull in fifth after a, a great performance against Wolves where there were absolutely um, no errors, individual errors made. So um, Birmingham in sixth and, and yeah, and, and Wolves pressing for the top six as well. Um, QPR down in 20th is, is where I like to see them. They can stay down there. Um, but yeah, I mean, championships starting to get a bit exciting. We've got midweek games this week, Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday mornings. Um, so the games come thick and fast down there. Well, you've got 46 games. You've got to fit them in one way or another, that's for sure. Yep, whenever there's a European date, there's also championship fixtures on, so keeps those of us who don't like watching the plastic sides run around a bit a bit to watch. Like Leeds. For those of us who enjoy watching good football, you can see United face Club Rouge. Only uh, game worth watching. Well, arguably. Watch the football um, um, but in, in other news, actually, I noticed just before we went to air that um, Bradford have announced the signing of um, Brad Jones on a one-year deal, the the former Liverpool keeper. Uh, so that's a that's an inspiring signing for them. I'm sure that'll um, help them with their promotion push. As long as he didn't play like he did at Liverpool, I think I think that's a, I think that's a, I think that's a good signing for them. In all honesty, yeah. I mean, Is we joke about it, but. Um, I'm not too sure, actually. I mean, I, I'm not sure whether they'd see him as the quality to, to start for them. Um, he, he hasn't played much consistent football for a while, so I know he had a bit of a run of games last season for Liverpool, but um, I actually expected him to come back to the A-League at some point soon. There was some talk that he was going to go to Perth Glory, but um, good luck to him, I guess. And also, 
in more football news in Spanish football because we care about that. Barcelona got done four nil. That was yes, surprising. That's probably worth um, touching on. That, de- a- that Barca defense doesn't look very good now, doesn't it? Four, four to Sevilla, who were suffering from a salmonella from salmonella poison, and now the Bilabao now. That's uh, a- yeah. Alves, he's old. Mark Barta, Thomas Vermaelen, who surprisingly played. <laughs> he got I'm the surprised. most. Let's point out, Vermaelen managed to win a travel by playing like 60 minutes. Like, that's <laughs> bullshit. Just, <laughs> just dropping that out there. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry, man. I'm surprised that Pedro hasn't handed in a transfer request. Yeah, mean, what's the it... latest with that? I thought that was pretty much ditched up with for you guys. Well, I don't, don't know why he wants to keep playing for this Spanish minnow that keeps losing. <laughs> well, he can come to a successful side for once in his career. <laughs> oh, do, you mean, do you mean Leicester? Yeah. Has he been linked to Leicester lately? Supposedly, he's coming on Tuesday. and um, Hasn't he been meaning to come for a few weeks now? Yeah, he takes change. Oh, well, it's all because of this stupid bloody transfer ban, which means, yeah, like Neymar's got the mumps or some venereal disease. And, <laughs> um, Turan can't play till January, so they think that they're short, even though this is the equivalent of a glorified charity shield they're playing. Yeah, and um, they care about it for some bizarre reason. Like, so they're the... willing to play till it's not going to come till Tuesday. I heard the rumor that he wants to score a hundred goals for Barca because he's on ninety nine before he transfers. Jesus. So I'm not sure about that, but that's a strange rumor. That'd be an so interesting strange. one. Otamendi to City is that's that's an interesting one. Well, he's it's. I mean, I remember when we were first linked. We, United were first linked with Otamendi. Tizen made the point that I think Valencia had only bought him the season before for about 20 million euros, and why didn't you do it then? Now it turns out City are about to spend anywhere between 40 to 50 million euros on him. With Mangala potentially on loan, though um, I, think I guess the latest reports are he's not going to go. Yeah, he said he wants to stay in, he wants to stay in England and isn't interested in, in a loan. And Which I is think good that, on him. I mean, well, yeah. That's, I mean, that's not the opposite of Di Maria, soft crock. <laughs> I mean, it's also just smart. I mean, have a look at what City centre-backs. It's what company, Mangala, Di Michalis. Uh, yeah. You so anyone, who else is there? You, that's, you can't go into a season with three centre-backs. Well, Everton are trying to go in with two. You, you can't. Like, <laughs> we usually have three centre-backs injured at any given moment. We need seven. Uh, <laughs> um, any closing thoughts from you boys? Uh, I'll take that silence as a no. Um, <laughs> so, oh, the the only I guess, other news is that um, supposedly Real Madrid have well given David de Gea twelve ah, million yes. euros to sit on his hands for twelve months, but that sounds. Sounds very counterproductive to me. I mean, surely you don't want a keeper coming in who hasn't played much football for twelve months. But here's the thing: well, he won't play, and then he won't play in the Euros coming up. If he doesn't play for United, he won't play in the Euros coming up, which defeats the whole purpose of him going to Madrid. The whole reason he's going to Madrid outside of Spain and his stupid Eurovision wannabe woman <laughs> um, is that for some bizarre reason Del Bosque won't play 
him ahead of Casillas while he's still bloody playing in, in England. He's, they keep persisting with these rubbish keepers and won't give an opportunity. Yeah. So it's, it is it is counterproductive. And he is, you know, Van Hal keeps going on about his professionalism. I think once the window closes, you'll start you'll see him back in the yeah. first team again. And it will give um, France hope, you know, nine months to go out and scout for a new keeper. He's also yeah. the other thing as well. De Gea will earn a bonus, a loyalty bonus for going through the window. He can get United. that. Yeah. yeah, from United. He can get that. Then he waits 12 months and he goes off to Madrid, so he doubles his money pretty much. Or earns a shitload. And also, apparently, his family wants to sack Mendes if he doesn't get a transfer. Oh, okay. Well, bye bye, Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> Van Hal's one of the most. Like, he's stubborn. He's known bro. to be extremely stubborn. Yeah. Extraordinarily stubborn. Well, is, I, I understand he's been named in your Champions League squad, so I suspect we might see him starting in um, your Champions League qualifier, just if for no other reason than to mean that Real Madrid wouldn't be able to use him in the Champions League if they do end up getting him. Actually, incorrect. Uh, oh yeah, it's only for the qualifiers. If he, if he, it's only if he plays oh, yeah. stages. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that that does sound right because I think that's the same as for the um, Europa League. But uh, it would be quite funny if he did just play for the one game for you guys and then went off to Real Madrid in January or something and they weren't able to use him at all in the Champions League. If he came on as a sub. (laughs) (laughs) Right up front. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, well, thanks very much for coming on, boys. No worries. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, and thank you to everyone for listening in. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday with previews for the upcoming round of fixtures. But until then, we'll see you on the forums.